You know what? I do want to... This is not about praise, but it's about thanks. I do want to say thanks because there is a, oftentimes a thankless job because they're ne- they never come up front. But the media, the people that do media and sound, can you also give them a hand? Because they, they do every week. They don't just come on Sabbath mornings either. Um, you know, they were here last night. I mean, you, and then we've got Josh who's working on website. I mean, we don't pay him. You know that, right? Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying we should, but no. <laughs> but these guys are, are working extra hours so that we have a website, so that we have sound, so that we have media. Um, I'm just super thankful, and they don't get up front, so you don't see them to thank them. But please thank them today. I want you to go up to them and thank them and give them big hugs. If you know the routine... Then sing with me. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Father, we praise you and give you honor and glory. Lord, this is all for you. Father, I ask that you do ignite a fire within us. And that when we go outside of these walls, that we continue to shine your glory. May people say, we know that the love of Christ resides in these people. In your powerful name we pray. Amen. I knew it. I knew I'd have it upside down. If it's working, I'm pushing buttons. What's showing up? (laughs) It's showing there, just not here yet. There we go. Anybody know what logo this is? The NBA, nice. Now let me ask you this, Ethan and Matthew, and you people out there that are, let's say, under 30. Let's say under 30. Do you know who this guy is? This was a real guy, the silhouette of a guy who played in the NBA. Does anybody under 30 know who that is? Michael Jordan? That's probably not the picture of Michael Jordan they would have done. There is a silhouette of Michael Jordan that they have proposed on changing. But does any... Okay, how about anybody under 40? Does anybody under 40 know who this is? Who? Did you say Ginobili? Is he even an all-star? Come on. All right. Somebody a little bit more famous. How about anybody under 50? Who is this? Chamberlain? No, it was not Chamberlain. Under 60? Oh, man. Not Larry? I I heard it. Yes, Jerry West. Does anybody know who Jerry West is? Yikes. Okay. Yeah. I think Jack was like the great-grandfather of Jerry West, right? (laughs) This is Jack Day. So Jerry West... 
is this silhouette. Now, Jerry West, I believe, was either a 12-time or 14-time All-Star. And you know that they have talked about it ever since Michael Jordan retired. They have talked about changing the logo to the Nike logo, you know, where Michael Jordan would be the face of the NBA. But every time, it's shot down because of the legacy of Jerry West. Now, obviously, people don't know Jerry West like they do Michael Jordan, but I don't know if you know this. Does anybody know what state Jerry West is originally from? West Virginia. He is from West Virginia, and he went to a small school. Um, and I can't even remember. I know that it had East something high school. Um, because once a year, because he was the most famous person to ever go to this high school, it's, a, it's actually been shut down since then because um, it was a small town. They, once a year, they call it West, hence the name West, whatever it is, high school. But this kid, when he was growing up, was not allowed to play sports because he had some illnesses, and so he wasn't allowed to play with the other reindeer. And so he was sort of sickly, and um, they had to hold him back from a lot of stuff. But he was determined to go outside of what is comfortable to him because it wasn't easy for him. And actually, his mom would oftentimes punish him because he wanted to play basketball. So he, there was a friend not too far away that had this little nailed rim. It wasn't even really a hoop. It was this, on, this, on this garage, and, it would, and he would go there and shoot from all over the place. Hours, hours. When he wasn't in school, hours. And he would get sick at times, but he was determined. And through that, he led his high school uh, in points. He led it, I think, in pretty much everything. By the way, his freshman year, he was not allowed to play. He was cut from the team because he was too short. The next year, he shot up to six foot, and they're like, oh, please come and join the team. He joined the team throughout high school, college, and then through the NBA. One of the greatest players, obviously, that you do not know. But all because he was willing to forego what was comfortable and what was easy. Go back to Genesis chapter 12. And it says this, Genesis 12, starting with verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I show you, and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. And make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing, and I will bless, you, bless those who bless you and, those, and curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. I'm going to read one more verse because it's the answer to one of my questions. So Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot with him. Now Abram was 75 years old kiddos. He was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Now, is there anybody 75 or older in here? 
All right. We got, so was that three I saw? Three people at 75. Okay, four people, 75 or older. Could you imagine the call of the Lord coming to you now? Saying, it's time for you to get up and go. I know you're comfortable with who you are, but I'm going to make a people out of you. It's time to go. Do you believe that this would be a comfortable call? Do you? You do? You think it would be easy? How old are you? That is, man, insightful. He said, at that time, people lived longer. So hence, now they wouldn't have lived as long as people pre-flood. But yes, Abram lived into his hundreds. So you're right. He would have probably been middle age, which we might do now. But travel is a little bit easier now, too. And it's easier to just buy a house now. If I, We had to accept this call to Chicago area, which we gladly did. But it isn't easy. Do you know that uh, our realtor, our realtor said there are on the top like four things that you're doing by moving away, three of them are the most stressful things you can go through. Uh, he said things that are more stressful, maybe a death in the family and uh, what did he say? Death in a family and a divorce. But you are moving you are getting a new job. And he said, that's high stress. Now think about Abram. You are going to move from your family that you've been around for 75 years. You're getting up and you're going. You have to leave every comfort zone you have. I'll get back to the comfort zones. Did I go backwards? All right. But do you know that we don't have that much on Abram before 75, right? According to Scripture. But do you know that there are writings, Jewish writings, that were quoted in Scripture? Again, I mentioned it last week. The book of Jasher, for one, that are quoted in Scripture as historical sources. If you ever get a chance, you might want to read them because they are interesting. Now, I do, while I set up the story, I need my trusty helpers, come on up here, to help me tell you the story of Abram. Go ahead. Yes. So the story of Abram goes this way. This is story time for you. On the day of Abram's birth, the wise men of King Nimrod were looking in the stars. They were, they were gathering, and they saw one star. They saw one star devour four stars. And they said, we know what this is. This is a sign, a sign from God. The son of Terah will have a son tonight. I mean, not the son of Terah. Terah will have a son tonight. And he will be fruitful and he will multiply and he will displace kings and they will inherit the earth. 
And they gathered amongst themselves, and they said, but what do we do with Nimrod? He wasn't shown this dream. And they said, if Nimrod finds out that we know this and we're sitting on it, we will die. I know that's more intriguing than the story, isn't it? So they said, we need to tell King Nimrod. So King Nimrod says, Tara, come here. He, he, he gathers Tara, and he said, is it true that you just had a baby? And, and he says, yes, I did. He said, well, there was this prophecy that this baby would be a great displacer of kings, and I am a king, so I would like your baby. And I will pay you handsomely for the baby. And uh, Tara says, okay, I'll do whatever you want. And Tara says, but, but wait, I want to tell you, I want to ask you something first. I need some advice. And he says, I, you gave me this beautiful king as a, I mean, a beautiful horse as a gift. Well, there's a guy that wants to buy this beautiful horse from me. Should I sell it to him? He said he'd pay me a lot for it. And Nimrod gets mad. He said, I gave that as a gift to you. You are being foolish now. So Tara says, but you're asking the same thing of me. You want to pay for my kid. And it was a gift to me. Well, they debate a little bit, and Tara eventually says, okay, I will give you my kid. But he takes one of his servant's children. We about done, kids? He takes one of his servant's children and gives it to Nimrod. Now Nimrod takes the baby from him and destroys the baby. Well, I think they're fighting up here over this. <laughs> I'm going to help you. Thank you, guys. Can you give them a hand? Come on. That was hard to do. Okay, that's good. That's good. Thank you. So Tara knows that if they ever find out, he's, in, he's dead meat. So what he does is he takes Abram and he hides him in a cave with mom and a nurse. Now, after a certain amount of time, Abram's getting too old to be hid in this cave. So as the story goes, according to Jasher, which means the righteous ones, he moves in with Noah. Now, Noah is still around. If you, don't, if you check your numbers, Noah was about 600 when the flood came. He lived to 950. There was overlap. So he lives with Noah for 39 more years. Now, do you guys know this about Terah? It even says in the book of Joshua, Terah is an idol worshiper. Everybody around there worships idols. The, the tradition teaches that actually Terah is the main sort of priest idol maker of the area. So Nimrod and the whole region would come to his shrine to worship the idols. So until, Noah, or until Abram is 49 years old, he lives with Noah. I don't know if a light bulb just went off. But to me, isn't it cool that God says, you're not going to learn about me here. 
So I am going to force the situation, and you are going to live with Noah and Shem, and he will teach you who I am. So Abram went through his own struggle in his own growth. He thought, maybe God is the sun, and, but the sun would set. He said, well, God would not set. So at the nighttime, maybe God is the moon, and the moon also goes away. And then it says there was a revelation, and God showed him the, all of the things of the earth that he created. And he said, I know, God is over everything. So at 49 years old, he felt safe enough. I can move back home with Tara. So he moves back home, but he has been forever changed. And he, and he sees that there's this shrine of idols. By the way, by the way these are my kids' toys. They're his idols. And he says, hey, Dad, what are these? He said, these are gods. He said, but what about the God that created everything? That's them, Tara says. I've made them with my hands. Those are the creators. He said, oh, well, I must worship them also. So he said, Mom, please, will you make the, the, the best stew you've ever made? And I want to put it before the, before the God so that they can eat. And she said, oh, I'll, I'll be right on that. So she goes and she makes this huge stew. And he says, thank you, I'll take it to them. And as mom and dad are away, he takes a hatchet. So this is real, as Tony is staring at me. <laughs> he takes a hatchet, and he starts. <laughs> I got to be careful with the Batman when it talks. <laughs> and even though it's not the tallest, and it's not going to be able to hold this, because it's pretty heavy. He puts the, the hatchet in the largest one's hands. And his dad hears the commotion and comes in and says, Abram, what did you do? And Abram said, I didn't do it. He said, you just walked out of the shrine. I know it was you. And he said, no, 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 let me tell you the story. So I brought, I was bringing the stew, and I put it before them. And the, the smaller one started wanting the stew. But the largest one said, the stew is for me. And, and because he got so jealous, he took the hatchet and chopped up all of your idols. And Tara said, why are you telling me a tale? He said, I know it's not true. I made those with my hands. They're only wooden stone. And Abram said, exactly. And at that time, according to Jewish tradition, Terah knew that he had been tricked to admitting that they are just wood and stone. They aren't to be worshipped. So the story goes on that what ends up happening is he tells Nimrod. Now, this is important to the story. He tells Nimrod, um, yeah, the idols are gone because my son happened to chop them all up. 
So Nimrod goes, because he worships them also, goes and takes Abram. Now, he doesn't know it's Abram. And he puts him in prison. But guess who's still around? Those wise men. And they see him, and they say, that's the boy that we prophesied about. And Nimrod said, what boy? What do you mean? Do you remember 50 years ago when we had that vision, everything? That's Terah's boy. And so he, Terah, come here. Is this your son that you handed over to me that I killed? He said, yes. I gave you a different baby. This is the real one. And so Abram said, I mean, Nimrod said, you both must die. So he takes Abram, and, and I'm going to save the part that happens with Terah later, because that's coming in a couple weeks. But he takes Abram, and he binds him up, and he throws him into a fiery furnace for three days. But Abram does not die. You've never heard this story before, have you? Abram does not die. Instead, just the, the bindings come off. And Nimrod says, this is crazy. And he sends him away. Now, Jewish tradition is that actually this call for Abram is not just a call because he's like, I want to I displace you. But that all the people of this land were becoming increasingly hostile to Abram. Does it make more sense now why he needed to get up and go? So Terah's feeling the pressure and says, we need to go. And they go and they settle in Haran. But when Abram is 75 years old, God says, this isn't far enough. I do want to make a people out of you in Canaan. So he takes them. Now, I want to take you, even though I skipped that, to the scripture story. So now the call has been made, and he leaves. And he's going, but what is in the land? What's happening in the land? There is a, a famine. So he heads, and he goes all the way down to the south, and then he goes to Egypt. And if you know the story, I might just tell you the story. Well, I, I'll read a little bit. Now, there was a famine in the land, so Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was severe in the land. And as he's approaching Egypt, he said, Sarai, we could have some trouble here. I'm going to ask you a big favor. Can you tell them that you are my sister? Can you tell them you are my sister? And she, being, being very, a very loving wife, said, Sure, I will tell them that you are my brother. And so you know the story. She is taken into the Pharaoh's household. And, and I want you to look at the text, because this is sort of important. Um, it says this in verse uh, 15. Pharaoh's officials saw her and praised her to Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. By the way, he was how old? 
75. How old was she then? 65, right? She's 10 years younger, and she is smoking. I mean, he knew that she would be taken over all the Egyptian women at 65 years old. Now, even she dies at about 120. Even at middle age, okay, so that's half, you know, so say she's, we, we, we do it our, our time. Most people do not say that the 40 to 50 range is like, that girl is, wow. But Sarai is, and he knew it. But it says this in verse, uh, verse 16. Therefore he treated Abram well for her sake and gave him sheep and oxen and donkeys and male and female servants and female donkeys and camels. Did the light bulb come up? I don't know if you saw that. Did you? Let me give you some insight. What land are they in? What did they get for Sarai? What did he get? Tell me, what is, it, what is it? Camels, sheep, donkeys, male and female servants, female donkeys. Let me ask you specifically, who was probably part of this transaction? I, I think I read your lips. What was it? Hagar! Did you not catch that? They are in Egypt. She is an Egyptian slave. This is most likely and believed to be where they acquire Hagar. Now, if you know your history at all, this one untruth, one very simple lie has led to millennia of disruption and challenges. If you know what happens in the Middle East, you do realize that between the people of Ishmael and the people of Isaac, that there has been tension, right? And if you do not know this historically, Islam is believed to come from Ishmael. And then Judeo-Christianity from Isaac. All because one decision to say, can you say you're my sister? One decision changes history for us. Now, Abram made that mistake. But he made another mistake here. Because he says, hey, will you say you're my sister? And he gets stuff, he gets stuff in return, right? Now, I'm not going to ask you for the word, because we are in family-friendly time. But do you know in your head what we call somebody who has exchanged 
their relationship is exchanged for goods. Abram makes Sarai that person. So what he says is, I am important, and you are an item. This is Abram's sin. He says, I am more valuable than you. My life is more valuable than you. And he made her an object. Now, why that's important to the story is God had just called him and said this. Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house and to the, to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and you, in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. He says, you are going to transform the earth. Obviously, I will through you. But he's already at a bad start. Actually, he did transform the earth in a negative way. Did you remember? He changed our history. But there's a cool thing about this call. I guess I put that up there. There are two imperatives. Do you know what an imperative is? And like, I love language stuff. Imperatives? What's an imperative? Huh? An order, a command. By the way, do you know in the Ten Commandments, there's only one imperative? They're not really commands. Did you know that? They're actually imperfects, which means a, just a future tense. You will not. It's sort of like if you join in relationship and covenant, you don't have to say, do not cheat on me. It's, oh, we're just not going to do this. And that's what it is. The only imperative is what? Nope, not remember. Honor. And then there's one called an infinitive absolute, which is even stronger, and that is remember. But the rest are just, hey, you will not. You're not going to do it. We're in covenant. But there are two imperatives here. The first one is go or leave. But the second one, you can't see in the English. In verse 2, it says this, I will make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing. That word be in Hebrew is imperative. This was not a byproduct thing. I want you to intentionally be a blessing. This is your call. And guess what? It is not comfortable. When you are at work, when you are at the gym, when you are at home, maybe sometimes the, the hardest, be a blessing. It is a command. It was a command to him. It is a command to you. Does anybody know, if it's up here, who Abram LaRue is? Abram LaRue. Anybody? No? I have to know. This is part of my heritage right here. 
Abram LaRue, for about the, 50, the first 50 years of his life, was a sailor. But he retired from this at about 50, and he, he retires in San Francisco, and he invests some money, and at about the age of 60, he just got tired of it. I'm bored. And there were these tracks that were coming to his house that were signs of the time and stuff. And he says, oh, I sort of believe this stuff. And he accepted the Advent faith. But he said, this isn't enough for me to know this. I got to tell somebody. So he goes down to, I think it's called uh, Held's College or whatever. Whatever is PUC now. And, and he goes there and he says, I want to I, I be a missionary. And he actually writes a letter to the general conference. He says, I want to be a missionary, and I want to go to China. And they said, what do we tell this guy? Have you ever been a missionary? No. Do you know Chinese? No. Have you been a pastor? No. How long have you been an Adventist? Oh, a couple years. Yeah. We're not going to foot that bill. Sorry, you cannot be a missionary. Abram was not deterred. He said, I will use my own money and support my own ministry. So at the age of 66 years old, now they did not live as long because this was just in the 1800s. He died in 1903. At 66 years old, he takes his money and he goes and takes some of the tracks to China and starts what he thought was callporting. And he's just going. Well, little by little, he started saying, hey, can you guys translate this? And he started handing them out in Chinese. And then he moved to other countries throughout Asia. He was the first missionary to Asia from the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And millions, if you ask in Asia, who is Abram LaRue, most of the Seventh-day Adventists know, yes, we are here because he came here. He died at age 81. The last 15 years of his life he spent outside of comfort zone, not knowing a lick of the language, spending all of his money for the cause of Christ. The call of Abram is your call. It is not a byproduct. It doesn't say, and you will be a blessing. This is intentional. Be a blessing and change lives around you, even if it is uncomfortable.